You know, I think of a Father's Day, and, and, and it's really neat when you start looking at it, and, and I, I remember just so many different things. One part of it is, is the video. I remember thinking one day I'm going to be a father. That's going to be a cool deal. And, and, and before I knew it, I was. And it was funny when I was watching the video and you see, see him dancing with this girl that he's given away, his daughter, at her wedding. And I tell you, I, I remember my oldest is up in the balcony right now. And, and I remember the first day that, that Justin got laid in my arms and, and, and to blink and it's 19 years later. So it's not too far off when I read that video or watch that video. Um, I always dreamed of being a father. Uh, in life, for me, it was a big life change. It was a lot different to do that. You know, I, I remember my dad. And so I, in this message today, I'm going to be honestly a little bit personal for you because I'm going to really give you my life and how I was and, and what Father's Day means to me. And hopefully it will speak to you as well. But I, I, I think about my father. My father very well might be online right now watching. If not, he'll see this later. So I'm calling him out. Right? And, uh, and so, but I think about my father. My dad was my hero. You know, he, I, I was blessed to have a great dad. Uh, my dad would tell you he probably felt. He said, I probably could have been so much of a better father. I know I look at my life and look at different things that I've done and different ways I've handled situations. Think, man, I could have done that so much better than what I did. But my dad, I learned so much from him. You know, my dad, I was a daddy's boy. And, I, and I, if you were a mama's boy, that's okay too. Or a daughter or, or whatever. But that's okay. But I was a daddy's boy. And my dad would go somewhere. I wanted to follow him. He was the strongest man I ever knew. I, I have pictures of him. Of course, you know, I'm a little small. And he, my dirt bike. I had a dirt bike when I, I got my first dirt bike when I was three and a half. So blame it on him. And, uh, but I got a picture of him holding my motorcycle up. And I thought, wow, I can't believe he can hold that up. You know, and, and then if I broke something, I was the kid that took everything apart. Sometimes I couldn't get it back together. You know, it could be your toaster that you just bought. You never knew what it was going to be. But I would take it apart, and my dad would come alongside of me instead of, you know, reprimanding me and, and destroying me as, as I thought was coming. He would help me put it back together and tell me not to do it again. <laughs> right? But those were what he was. And so now I find myself in the same way. And now I'm on the other side. And so to this morning as we look at this, I want to I I go take our reading from this week. And, and, I, and I was looking at it, and, and this is not a typical Father's Day passage that I'm going to give you. But I, I took something out of it. So in our reading today, I want to look at right at Acts chapter 10. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 6. And, and, and basically, this is um, the story of Cornelius. And he was a, he was a Roman. Okay? And there, but there's something different about him because usually when you talk about Christian and Romans, they didn't really go together. Okay, the Romans had many gods. They had gods of all kinds of different things. Their, their whole heritage comes back to, to two people and a wolf. Okay, and that's really where they believe the Romans came from. So everything was very God-based on it. And in and, and this reading, so it's kind of a really neat thing, and I'm just going to start in verse 1. It says, and at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. 
He and his family were devout, God-fearing, and he generously, and he gave generously to those in need, and he prayed to God regularly. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius, Cornelius. As he stared at him in fear, he says, what is it, Lord? He asked. And the angel answered, he says, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying at Simon the Tanner's whose house is by the sea. And when the angel uh, when the angel spoke to him, then he was gone. And Cornelius called his two servants, a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. And he told them everything that had happened and sent them on to Joppa. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, uh, take this message today. And, and, and Lord, I pray that, that you would take anything out of me and, and that, that doesn't honor you and put you as the forefront of everything because you are my Father. And, and Lord, I love you, and I pray that you just be with us today, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So when I look at that, and you might look at it and say, well, Jeff, that's great. It's a neat passage, and there's a lot of ramifications that come from this passage, by the way, and we'll hit a couple of those. But, but Jeff, how does that have anything to do with Father's Day? You know, I, I want to really talk about a father's love as we're going to be my very first point for you guys. A father, my, and, but I want to talk about my father's love. See, when I read that very first part of it in, in verse 2, and he said to his family, who were devout, God-fearing, and he says that he gave generously to those in need and prayed for God regularly. See, that wasn't the normal for a Roman. So I want you to think about he would be given to the synagogue. And there, he'd be helping God's people. He was giving to the poor. He was giving alms. And he was doing all these different things. And, and as, as a father, it says that his family was God-fearing. So that means that he led his family into a relationship as well with God. And so when I think about it as a father, that's what I think about. And so when I was looking at this message and, I, and, and it was starting to come together, I thought about, well, what about my life? What puts me where I am today? And I think about my father, my father's love for me and my brothers. I'm one of three. I'm a middle son. I've got middle child syndrome. I wasn't the firstborn. I wasn't the baby. I'm filler. That's okay, though. But uh, you guys will get that eventually. All the, middle, all the middle kids are going, yes, I know what you mean. So... But, you know, I, I was blessed, and I know everybody here probably doesn't have that same thing, but I was blessed to have a father in my life that loved me. Some of you maybe have not had that. And that's okay, because I guarantee that there's other people that God has raised up in your life that has been a father figure to you. I, I read, a, I, I read a, a, a post today, and, and I've heard it before, and it says... You know, becoming a father is easy. Becoming dad takes a superhero. And, and, and that's a lot of truth into it and to be there. I had a dad. I had a dad. It's funny, I moved out here to, to Indiana. And, and, and we usually, what do you call grandparents? One of them is Pop. My dad's always been my Pop. I always called him Pop. And, and, uh, but he was, 
He took us. He took us to church. When I was growing up, I went to a, a Christian daycare, even. I didn't realize any of that. I was just going to daycare at the time because both my parents worked. My mom was a nurse. She's an RN. And, and then my dad always uh, worked in the service industry one way or another, you know, working on motorhomes and, and all kinds of stuff like that. A lot of times he had his own business. He still does. And, and they provided for us and they took care of us. But that was a big factor in our lives. And we went to Sunday school on Sunday morning. We went to church. And I got to hear about God. I've told you guys, I shared my, shared my testimony before to you as well. On a, on a Sunday evening, we were at church. And I see my mom get baptized. For me to see my mom get baptized at church, where would I have to be? At church, right? And, and I remember asking my dad, what's going on? And he said, well, your, your mom's following Jesus in baptism. She's trusted Christ as her Savior, and she's being baptized. And that was like, wow. I've seen other people happen, but not my family, right? And I can tell you story after story where they poured into us. It was a big thing. Cornelius' family was devout. His father led by example. I see my dad, and my, my dad might not look, I'm, I'm going to talk to him later, I'm sure. He's going like, oh, now Jeff. He was my example. See, you... Are here if you're a father or you want to be a father one day you're gonna lead by example as I was talking to Stephen and Courtney and our actions speak so loud I was thankful to have a father that that had actions that spoke loud just like Cornelius see in Proverbs 27 verse chapter 20 verse 7 it says a righteous man who walks in his integrity how blessed are his sons after him. When we, when we have parents that, that pick up that gauntlet and walk forward, the children are blessed because of it. In my family, there's a hierarchy. Who do you think at the very top is? This guy, right? No. It's God. God's at the top of everything that we try to do in our family. It's got to be that way. For me, my next is going to be my wife, then my kids, then my work. See, when we get that stuff out of, out of line, that's when problems start happening. That's when we start tearing up our lives. You say, no, Jeff, my kids, my kids are going to be first in my life. I'm a dad. But one day your kids are going to leave, just like you see in that video. Man, I sure hope you know your spouse still. See, when I take care of my wife, my kids are automatically taken care of. No offense, guys. One day you're going to be gone, and we're not telling you where we're moving to. Just kidding. So, we're going to have fun. We're looking forward to some of those years that are coming on it. <laughs> Jonah's going, that's not funny, Dad. So... <laughs> Just kidding, buddy. No, seriously. But uh, got to keep them guessing. You know, I, I, was, I was allowed to have a great foundation in my life. And because of that foundation, I believe that, that really it's led me into the life I am right now. I didn't know when I was seven years old 
when I trusted Jesus as my Savior that I was going to be a pastor one day. And actually, when I look at my life, there's a lot of times I look at my life and I look like anything less than a pastor. And I still look today going, I think you guys are crazy. But, you know, that's what God does. He takes people that sometimes even when you don't think you're qualified or you don't think you're, you're the unlikely one, God can do something with you. I had a pastor friend that said yeah, that it doesn't matter how crooked the stick is, God can draw a straight line with it. Well, that's us, isn't it? I had a father's love, and that father's love led me into relationship with Jesus Christ, which led me into where I am today. It's changed the person that I am. I feel blessed by that. I feel blessed by that. Psalms 127, verses 3 through 5. I'm going to read this because I talked about my, my dad. Now I want to talk about me. I'm going to be here for a little bit. That's why I went through the first one for a bit. You guys, you guys don't have any plans later, do you? No, I'm just kidding. All right. So my love as a father in Psalms 127 verses 3 through, 3 through 5, and it's up here on the board. It says, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, children are born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. You guys don't know this, but my wife is going to start laughing off that verse because she's always... How many is a quiver, honey? Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> so she says, Jeff, your quiver's not full yet. And she was trying. Uh, we foster parent for a lot of years as well, and I think at our high point we were at seven. You know, at that, you're definitely in the buddy system, you know, because you're outnumbered. And, uh, and I think 12, and I think, oh, my Lord. But, uh, but there are, they're, they're a heritage to us. And, and, and I switched gears. No longer was I little, that little child that looked up to my father. Now I'm the father that my children look up to. I've, I've changed places. It's funny, when I was younger... I'd talk to my dad, and I was like, you know, dad, my dad gave me all kinds of advice. I'll be honest with you, I didn't like a lot of it. Later on, I would do some really stupid stuff, and I'd find out, wow, oh, dad's not so dumb after all. <laughs> right? And now I'm older, and I'll ask my dad, and he'll say, well, Jeff, you're an adult now. And I'm like, you know, it's not fair. You know, when I was younger, you gave me all kinds of advice. Now I want some, you're like holding back, you know, on it. So, but it's changed. Um, I want to I become a father that's known for love. My wife and I, we've had, a, we've had this conversation about love so much lately. And, and here's the problem. Do you always mimic someone that loves? I don't. And I have times that I have this flesh side that comes up to me and I get angry and I'm supposed to slow to anger. I know I'm supposed to be that, but sometimes I'm quick to light. And, and I don't. I don't always show the love. And I think as churches, sometimes we don't do that either. We don't show the love that we're supposed to. And people look at us and go, man, why would I want to go there? Because you're just like everybody else. Well, do you know that my love has a factor on whether or not my children are going to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Listen, guys, I've had friends. I come from a very um, fundamental background a lot. Not all of it. 
And, and I've got some friends, my wife and I, we can tell you family after family after family that, that were very godly family. And, and I would say they love their kids and everything, but I don't know if they always mimic love. And when the kids left the house, they went crazy. Sometimes that's just the kids, but sometimes it's us. And it's how we do that. I want to be a father that's known for love, and, and, and my children would know what that is. You know, see, for me, when I look at different things in my life, I trusted Christ as my Savior when, when I was seven. You know, in some ways, I wish it was much later in my life because I'd have this big thing. So when I trusted Christ as my Savior, you know, that wasn't a huge change for me. Now, I've got friends that have trusted in their 30s, and it's just like they're on this path, and all of a sudden they're way over here on this other path because God changed them. But I was still a kid. So, Jeff, do you feel like you were saved? Absolutely I do. We're supposed to be like children. We're supposed to be like them. But when I became a father, man, that was different. You know, my wife and I were married. You guys heard that, right? My wife and I, we were married. And, and then we, were, we, we, we decided that later on that, you know what, wouldn't it be neat to have a, some kids? And how I didn't know that would be, I planned on having one. Then I compromised at two. And somehow we ended up with four. So I had to get off that crazy trainer and been eight next. I know. I, she was going to try to get that quiver full. But, I, when, but for me, when I was, I was over here on this one path, and, and we were out, we were the first one out of all of our friends to have kids. And, and, and I'm on this path, and we're having a great time and everything, and all of a sudden, there's Justin. Maybe it was a little longer than just a pump, right? But Jenny says, yeah, it was a long nine months. And uh, actually, I think he went a couple extra days just in case. And... Uh, and then all of a sudden, I became a father, and it was like night and day. I was over here, and all of a sudden, I am on a completely different path. Man, children changed my life. One of the biggest life-changing things I've ever dealt with in my life, and it was incredible to see on how it is. I became a father. I remember the first time they laid my son in my hands, Justin. See, I wasn't the first one to hold Justin. My wife was. Now, Jared, our next one, I was the first one to hold him. I figured it was my turn. But I figured she did all the hard work. She did all the caring for nine months and, and all that. I figured she should at least get to do that one. I snubbed her on the second one. But uh, to hold a child in your arms, and as Stephen was up here and he had that little baby in his arms, and, and I, I know what it feels like the first time they put it in there. It's just like your whole world's changed. You know, it was all about me, 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 me. And now it's about them. And it just changes. You know, to be honest with you, it's not always been easy being a father. I've dealt with things in my life as a father I never thought I would. We all have this picture of what it's going to look like and all the things that are going to happen. And then all of a sudden we have life happens and different things happen. But I've never stopped loving my children. What a joy they are. And I, and I think about some of the trials that our family's gone through. Some of the trials I've had in my life. And I look back and I think I wouldn't change them. Because those things have allowed me to show my kids what love is. I can take that love of Jesus Christ that he's put on me and I can give it to someone else. Being a father is so special. 
Also, being a father has made me appreciate my father even more. I've learned things from my father. I've got a love of motorcycles that come from my dad. Today, my dad sent me a picture this morning of his new motorcycle. Lucky dude. And, uh, and so we do that. So I get a new piece of riding gear. Hey, Dad, look at this. You know, I have my Jeep right now, and so I'll send him a picture on it. So no one key the black Jeep out there, please. You know, he, he's given me a love for vehicles. It's so funny. We, we sit around, and I can tell you motors for different cars and, and what options they had at, and, and, and just, I got that from my dad. Trucks and so forth. But most of all, I've got my relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it's come from. See, in the Bible, there's a verse that people love to use. And it says in Proverbs 620, uh, Proverbs 22, 6, sorry, I flipped that on you. It says, train up a child in the way he should go and he will not depart from it. And we look at this verse, and you know, we apply this verse so wrong in our lives. And we look at it and we say, that, listen, if we raise them up in Jesus and we do all these different things, they're always going to be in Jesus. And, and they're always going to do what's right. And they're going to be the super Christian. And Have you guys seen that in your life? Very rarely, right? See, I'm going to share something kind of personal with you. Um... And by the way, I got my wife's permission first. Because I think it's important that you guys see that, that we're just real people just like you. Because there's this idea, that's like, well, that's the pastor's family. They're the perfect ones. Oh, wow. You haven't looked in my window before, have you? <laughs> when my wife and I met, uh, I want to first start out with it. I trust Jesus as my Savior when I was seven years old, and you were 16 or 14? 16. And... Um, and so we were both in Christ at a young age, me younger. I just got it faster than her. Just joking. And she's just looking, going, really? Where's this going? But, but when I met my wife, neither of us were in church. Neither of us were serving God. There's a lot of things in our life you would say that's not God-honoring. If you would ask my wife, she would tell you that I don't know if there is a God. She trusted when she was 16. And then here... Later on in life, she's saying, I have questions. And what happened was, is we got married. Um, we had this long, drawn-out engagement onto it. I met her. Our first date was on her birthday in January. In the end of February, I asked her to marry me. And then in September, we got married. So, yeah, well, I, I knew she was the one for me. And, uh, and this September is 22 years. So, praise the Lord. And uh, thank you. She clapped for her. She hasn't killed me yet. So, but, but we weren't in Christ, neither of us. And, and like I said, if you ask my wife, she would say that, well, I don't even know if there is a God at that point. But, but the verse just said, train up a child the way he should go. And even when he's old, he won't depart from it. But Jeff, you're telling me something completely opposite. So what's the difference? Do you, do you guys remember the story of the prodigal son? You're looking at him. You're looking at her. And what happened was is that she was on a walkabout 
into it, and because of her foundation that she had, that God brought her back around and came back in. So as fathers, I want you to understand that, listen, sometimes we go on a walkabout as kids. It doesn't mean that, that we won't come back. Because I really believe if, if you have a love for Jesus Christ and you have that right foundation in there, even when you depart, listen, when I was doing wrong, I knew Jesus. He never left me. I tried to run from him. He was still there. See, that prodigal son, there's such a beautiful part of that story that you might not know. So in that, as the son is coming home, the father is on the porch and sees his son on the way off. And then what he does is he takes off and he goes out and he meets his son on the road. He runs out to him. See, in Jewish custom, that would never happen. That son would come to the father and say, listen, I have sinned against you, dad. I am so sorry. Please forgive me. But that is a model of God, our father, love for us. That he is willing, even when we run from him, when he sees that we're turning around and coming back to him, he's willing to run and meet us in the middle and say, listen, I forgive you coming to me. So as fathers, we need to remember, as me as a father, I need to remember my sons might not always do and my daughter might not always do what's right. But it doesn't change the fact that I love them. And I forgive them just like God forgives me for what I do. Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he's old, he won't depart from it. I believe that verse with all my heart. I just think our application sometimes is wrong on, on it. We found our way back. I'd be hard-pressed to be up here this, this Sunday morning and not talk about a certain father's love, wouldn't I? See, God the Father loves you too. He's really the Father's love that just never ends. And so I'm going to read a little bit more passage, but I'm going to give you a little background from this. So, so when we left off with our first verse, there's about this many I cut out in the middle of it. So I'm going to give a little summarize onto it. And so what happens is, is Cornelius sends these, these guys and they come over and, 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 and find Peter. Peter just gets done having a, a vision where he's bringing down all these, these animals are in this big these big sheets and there are a lot of animals in the Jewish custom that you would not touch because they were considered unclean. And, and, and God says, come, Peter, kill, eat. And he says, no, Lord, I wouldn't do that because I've never let anything unclean touch my lips. And he does it three times. And he says, God says, listen, Peter, what I've made is not unclean. And then these guys show up at the door and, and God says right before they get there and he says, hey, listen, Peter, go check the door. There's some people there I sent to you. And, and they go and they grab Peter and he leaves and he goes and they come to Cornelius' house. And, and he comes in and Peter says, listen, first of all, I want you to let you know I'm here because God sent me. And by the way, it's unlawful for me to even step foot into a Gentile's house. Because y'all are unclean. But he does. And he says, he goes and looks at Cornelius and says, Cornelius, why am I here? And Cornelius says, listen, I was, I was praying and an angel of the Lord came in a white robe. And he says, listen, he says, your prayers 
have come up as a memorial and the, and, and the things you've been doing for the poor have come up as a memorial of God. He goes, go and send for Peter. And Peter, that's why you're here. And in verse 36, it says, Peter's talking, and, and this is so cool. And I want you guys to get a grasp on this because this is how much God loves you. Because by the way, God's chosen people are Israel. My wife had a friend, and her daughter came home and says, you know, I was talking to this Jewish girl at our school, and she said, she thinks that we're God's chosen people. And the mom says, they are. It's like, oh, you know, kind of deal. And, and, and so, but I want you to see how much God loves you as your father. It says in, in verse 36, it starts out, it says, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the providence of Judea, beginning in Galilee with the baptism that John preached and how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and the power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses to everything he did in the country and the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen. And by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify to them to the ones who God had appointed as judge of the living and of the dead. All the prophets testify of him and everyone who believes receives the forgiveness of their sins. You see, this is something really cool. That, so he's there and he's talking to them. And, and he starts preaching to them about what's happening and, and about how, how Christ is king and how he is rose from the dead. And by the way, they had meals with him and they sat down with him and they could touch him. You can see where Doubting Thomas says, listen, I won't believe until I put my hand in his, in the holes in his hands or the, the spear mark in his side. I won't believe. And he comes over and says, Thomas, touch. And he says, I believe. And Jesus says, blessed are those that, that believe and don't see. So we see God's love into it. Some of us don't have fathers that took them to church, but we have a heavenly father that's willing to do this. By the way, Cornelius is really your first Gentiles that come into relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the first one. And what this is, this is opening up. He pours the Holy Spirit upon Cornelius and his family and all these people that are gathered to hear God's word and they believed on Jesus Christ and they received the Holy Spirit and it says they prophesied and they spoke with tongues and and the Jews that were with him. Peter brought a bunch of Jews with him, by the way, so he didn't get himself in trouble for doing it. And they all got to see and they got to be witnesses of what God was going to do. And what you see is the door of salvation opened up, not just for the Jews, but to the Gentiles as well. He's your heavenly father. Maybe there's things in your life that separated you from him. He's still there. He's running out on the road for you right now, holding your hands open for him. 
See, as a father, I think about whether or not I can allow my son. Would I let my son die for you? That little boy that I held. Even the day that he bothers me the most, I would say, man, I don't know if I would. I know I could give my life for you. But my baby, that's what God did for Jesus Christ. He sent his son to pay a penalty that all of us gave so that we can have a relationship with him. Listen, if you're here today, I'm going to ask the the band to go ahead and come forward here. But if you're here today and you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, don't let, make this the best Father's Day. We got to see a baby that was dedicated to the Lord today. Why don't you take that first step and say, yes, Jesus. Come on up and, or pull me aside afterwards if you don't want to come up and just say, listen, I want to know what it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I would love to share that with you. Maybe you're that prodigal son and you're still on the walkabout. It's time to come home. It's time to come home. See, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're the whosoever. Jesus is calling you today. Make this the best Father's Day. Do you know when you trust... The Bible says that when we, when, every time someone comes in a relationship with Jesus Christ, it says all heaven breaks out in rejoicing. What a way to rejoice God the Father this morning by having people come in a relationship with Jesus Christ or rededicate their life to Him. Why don't you follow the example of Stephen Courtney?